Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came out. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked you, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can, you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. There is a lot of surprises in this story, and there's a lot more to come as we continue to read this. And I think that's similar to as we begin to attune our hearts to the voice of God, we should expect to be surprised. You see, this story is framed uh, around the desperation of a father's heart for his daughter. And Jesus follows with the crowd on his way there and is interrupted by this other need. And Jesus pauses and interacts with this. And there's some, some things that I want us to draw from that the, the three main themes of this story that, that I can come to life is that the voice of God, right? Jesus's voice speaks true identity, speaks true interpretation, and speaks true intimacy. And so I want to begin with this first one. When, when the story opens up, it, it opens up with the pleading of a father for his 12-year-old daughter to be freed from her suffering. And she's on the brink of death, and the only thing he has left to do is ask Jesus to come heal. Jesus responds to go heal his daughter. What's interesting is that this story opens up about the desperation of a father to heal his daughter. And the, the plot twist, if you will, is that that's exactly what this story is about, but it doesn't happen to Jairus' daughter first. You see, the, probably the most surprising thing about this passage is when this woman who had been suffering for 12 years, which is the same age as the girl who had been alive, comes up, Jesus refers to her with the title that is only given to her um, in, in, the entire, uh, in the entire Gospels. When he turns to her and says, 
daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Um, John is not doing this. I'm sorry, Mark's, Mark is not doing this by accident. He is setting you up to understand the ache of a father's heart for his daughter and then immediately goes and displays that for a woman who have, would have been completely cast out of society, of her faith, of her family, because of this suffering that she had been undergoing. And the good news to her was this word, daughter, welcomes her back in. The same urgency that Jairus had for his daughter, the Heavenly Father had had for her. In the same way that there was this desire to come and get, she comes and finds Jesus, and Jesus speaks this word over her. So that's kind of the first surprising thing about this story, is that Jesus changes our identity when we listen to his voice, when he calls us by our name. It's not the name that the world has given us or even that our parents have given us. It's the name that he has given us, the name of the beloved, the name that speaks to our truest identity. Uh, my son Augustine just turned five last week, and he, uh, we're talking with a friend, and he makes an announcement that now he's five, he's not no longer going to be called Augie. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I'm five now. I'm like, well, what's your new name? And he just announced to us very boldly, his new name is Augs. So he has, when he remembers, he uh, refused to go by any other name. Um, and I think that we fall into this thing where we want to change our identity from time to time. We're like, I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be this. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But what we're really longing for is our Heavenly Father to call us by our true identity and for us to live into that uh, David Lomas's book, The Truest Thing About You, says this, we are often pursuing the renewal of our circumstances, but God is pursuing the renewal of our entire identity. This woman thought she was just trying to be healed from her sickness, but Jesus res restored the entirety of her identity. Just in that simple phrase, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Secondly, the voice of God speaks true interpretation. Uh, what I mean by this is after this woman is healed, word comes to Jairus that his daughter has actually died, which seems just so heartbreaking that as he pauses to help this woman, his daughter has died. And Jesus says something in verse 39. He went and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. You see, when we walk through life, we interpret outcomes. We interpret and diagnose. Oh, that's hopeless. Oh, that has... Um, that's never going to make it, or I'll never be able to do this. And what I love about the voice of God is that when Jesus speaks, he doesn't say something that's completely off. He just changes the interpretation. He changes the diagnosis. He changes the conclusions that we all come to. That as they're wailing and mourning and grieving, Jesus comes in and his voice says, you don't need to do that. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. And as I was studying the passage this week, I just could hear the Holy Spirit needing to whisper that over certain people's circumstances, over certain people's identities, um, over dreams, over 
uh, hope that has been lost, that it's not dead, it's only asleep. That when Jesus is involved and we welcome his presence, that anything is, I'm sorry, anything is possible. And so for us just to kind of open that up, and I just want to just make this very clear, this is not, this is not just optimism. This is not just positive thinking. When we hear God's voice, anything is possible. When his presence shows up, anything is possible. He's able to look at anything as far gone as it could be and say, it is not dead. It's only sleeping. J.I. Packer says that optimism is a wish without warrant, but Christian hope is a certainty guaranteed by God himself. Optimism reflects ignorance as to whether good things will ever actually come. But Christian hope expresses knowledge that every day of his life and every moment beyond it, the believer can say with truth on the basis of God's own commitment that the best is yet to come. And so I just want to encourage uh, if you if you're in a situation where you have concluded, you have interpreted a relationship, a hope, um, uh, something going on in your life is that's too far gone. I, I just wanted just to call you back to the reality, just to to listen to the voice of God. What is He speaking about that situation, about that dream, about that diagnosis, about what that thing is? And lean into that understanding that when Jesus shows up, he gives us not only a true identity, he gives us a true interpretation about how we are to take in all that's going in around us. And lastly, the voice of God speaks true intimacy. Uh, I love this. Is a, this is an interesting passage, what happens next. He says, and he put them all out. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha koam, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. Uh, well, there's an interesting thing here because the only other time we see Jesus's uh, language is Aramaic, is transliterated, is on the cross. And there's something about that that, that catches our attention. Why it does Mark transliterate the Aramaic rather than interpreting it into Greek like all of the rest of the, his gospel? And one of, one of the ideas behind this is to denote intimacy. As a matter of fact, in the Aramaic, what's actually happening here is this word little girl sounds like little lamb, almost like, uh, almost like an like a, like a endearing thing of lambkin or lammy, like this little lamb, get, get up. And so there is an, an intimacy, there's a vulnerability to Jesus' statement that otherwise would be missed um, if it was translated. So Mark, Mark is just like, I just need to say it how it was. It was so intimate, it was so precious, and it was just for that little girl. And I just think about as significant as the title was given to the woman who was suffering with bleeding, just as significant Jesus comes and speaks this, this sweet, endearing name to a 12-year-old girl. 
And I think that this is amazing about the voice of God speaks to us with a level of intimacy and connectedness that we couldn't get anywhere else. And so I just want to encourage you today. I know this is a short message. But what would Jesus say to you in the most intimate, vulnerable, vulnerable space? And it doesn't have to be just like overly, um, I don't know, sweet. I think about how Jesus speaks to Peter and says, oh, your name is Rock. So the, the thing is not for us to feel um, beyond who you are, but rather whoever you are, know that Jesus is going to speak to you intimately in a way that only you know, which means you get to listen through that. But don't think that it's only going to stop at some sort of layered, religious, um, reverent thing. Jesus cuts through all of that, and his voice speaks to us so intimately. So just again, uh, just as a reminder, that the voice of God, the surprising voice of God speaks true identity, true interpretation over what's going on in our lives, and he speaks to us with true intimacy. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have spoken to us who we really are. You have spoken into our lives of how things really are, and you speak to us in a way that only you could. Well, we welcome your voice into our life today. We welcome your voice into our relationships, our dreams, our plans, our circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. <laughs>